What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. That was an interesting introduction there. Thank you, Colin. Thank Bruni's you. Breakdown. Bruni's Breakdown. Whatever you said it, yeah. Sometimes you uh, give a little extra zest. 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 What's a zest? Z- don't ask. <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> a ze- you got to get some more zest on it because, Colin, we're watching the greatest team in the last eight years in North Texas history. I'm not, I'm not sure that's much of a... <laughs> Like you could, this team could be, this team could go like, this could, team could have like six losses and it'd still be the best team. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm just saying, Colin, it's time to celebrate. When are we, when are we claiming that's better than the 2010, 2011 team? When they don't lose the rice. There you go. What those teams lose to, they didn't go undefeated. I know. I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're still not there yet. Okay. And, um, uh, maybe it's because we're doing this podcast, what, a whole week after the loss to rice. Yeah. That's probably why. But, you know, it feels like that was just a blip on the radar and we're just still rolling. North Texas is still just putting one foot in front of the other and they're learning to run and they're damn near sprinting at this point, Colin. Well, you ready to recap these sprints? Oh, you! Oh, that's why you were on your phone. You were getting your timer off. <laughs> I was, yeah. All right, um, so for wait, those... Wait, wait, before, before we do anything else, Colin, <sighs> we got to give some, some background. North Texas went 2-1 and one this week. They defeated... Um, Middle Middle Tennessee and UAB. We're recording this right after the UAB game, and they lost to Rice last Saturday. We did not do a podcast after it because it was only one game, and we wanted to kind of put them all together. It's a much more interesting podcast for y'all. So, with all that being said, Colin, now I'm ready. Okay, to do it. Three, Our thirty second recaps, by the way, for everybody who doesn't know. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, Rice. As we as I said before, it was a week ago. And they went to Houston to start off the three-game road stand, and they basically couldn't play defense at all. It was an atrocious defensive game. Rice hit so many threes. I want to say it was 15, but it felt like 30. They couldn't miss. They shot over 50%. Um, So, yeah, the defense was the big problem. They shot a lot of threes. They didn't make a lot of threes, though. Mo had a great game. DJ hit a lot of It went 6-7 from three. Good offense, bad defense. Rice came out with a win. Bad loss. Then we go to Middle Tennessee. Better defensive performance. Middle Tennessee kind of hung around there for a while. North Texas kept the lead for most of the game. Javion did his thing for the entire game and especially late closed the game out. Antonio Green from Middle Tennessee hit four straight threes, tied the game with about three minutes left. Colin texted me and said, damn, we're really going to lose this game, huh? And I said, maybe. But then Javion (laughs) did his thing and they closed the game out uh, strong. Another... uh, it was another game where DJ hit a couple, I think. Um, it doesn't matter. We're, we're out of time. UAB, last but not least, it was the most recent game today, and it was a complete team effort. I mean, everybody, four and double figures, Thomas 12, Javion, and Mo with 13. Javion scored 10 points in the final six and a half minutes. It was a team effort. It was a clutch effort. Defensively, they held UAB to 36% in the second half and one of six or one of seven from three. It was a great defensive effort. Coach McCaslin said this was a championship effort, and I believed him. I mean, that, that was almost a good segue into the next section. Do you understand how good I've gotten at that, Colin? You're not that great, considering you didn't tell us who won the middle game, but... 
<laughs> oh no 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 that's why i prefaced it the whole oh because you knew you were gonna run out of time no because i knew i'd forget okay. something so i was like i better get this you'd forget the, the you forget to say who won. <laughs> i better get the results out there or else we're really in trouble so wow I need a sip, need a sip of, water. of water. You got life. Speaking of speaking of water, sponsorship, sponsorship, deal. life. Just kidding. I wish. Hey, life water. Because we know that your your reps listen to this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we're poor, so. Ah. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't you want that representing your water? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Colin. So, let's get into what we learned from these three games. Okay. Are we going back and forth? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Do you, you want to go first, or do you want to go like by like offense to defense to rebounding to other stuff? Let's 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 do it this way. How concerned were you after the Rice game? On a scale of one to ten, I was probably a four. And that's that's your concern level for like the whole rest of like the, I guess our panic meter, the panic meter. Yes, yes, the panic meter it was is a back. four after the after the Rice. It game. was a four, and it's been at two or three for a while and it jumped up to a little four a little spike you know spiking our heartbeat and now i think it's still at three because i still we'll get into this later but you're still not going to get an automatic bid so you're still going to have to play perfect and this team isn't you know head and shoulders above teams Mm -hmm. so they're still going to have to you know grind out wins so it's at a four right now what about you you said three but okay no it wasn't now it's at a three. After the Rice game, it was uh, at it a, was four. a four. Yeah, no, I'd say four because it, it showed us that this team has a weakness, per mm-hmm. se. Like, it has a way to be beat. Whereas before, it was kind of like, you can beat this team, but it, you have to outwork them. Mm-hmm. And in Rice, we learned that if you have shooters and if you run a zone, then, you know, that's a formula right yeah, now. Let, let's get uh, let's get into that because that's... Let's start off with, I guess, the, the negatives, but it's the Rice game. It went first. They showed us... And then I did a story like two days after on the spacing, the trouble that Grant McCaslin's defense has had with the spacing, right? Right. Guarding the Fords that can shoot the ball. Rice having playing kind of a five out system. I went through and obviously you can go check out the story. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but basically the like seven teams that they've played this year with five three point shooters on the court, they've had a, like a one eleven defensive rating, which is nine points higher than it there normally is. I want to say, and it showed completely true in the Rice game where they were just completely out of rotation. They weren't comfortable. They weren't comfortable in their timing, especially in their uh, ball screen coverages. There was just a lot that they were just not doing as clean as we usually see them do. And right. It, it it was similar, I guess, to not in this, not the same because it wasn't as bad. At, uh, it wasn't. What's the word? It wasn't as good as the UTSA game where UTSA they kind of outscored them but also utsa spacing and a lot of it was javon jackson obviously but they did have spacing that utsa team and um and then dayton you go down the list of teams that western kentucky you go down the list of teams that are able to stretch out this north texas defense and it kind of gives you some reason for concern because it it's a very specific defense right nobody can debate that it's effective it's mm-hmm. been effective and if you go watch baylor i was just watching baylor uh, the other day, and they run a similar defense. Texas Tech runs a similar defense. Like these are proven defenses that work, and obviously you can adjust to the shooting and, and spacing and whatnot. But that is kind of something that puts you out of rotation, and that's been the biggest pa- pain for McCaslin in rebounding. They're not as good of a rebound team. They're middle of the pack, whereas last year the rotations weren't as difficult and they were just in position a lot more. So that's the biggest thing that I took away from that Rice game is that 
there's a clear flaw here that's going to have to be either mended or patched. Are you are you are you is it a flaw with the defense or the way the players are playing the defense though? Okay, another thing about that Rice game was that Thomas was kind of was kind of injured. I just got wrecked. No, 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 no. I I'm going back to your question. Oh, okay. I'm trying to 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 cover all my bases. I got you. Thomas was injured for that Rice game. He did play, but he wasn't as good. So you asked if it was the system or the players. Obviously, North Texas does not have the players that Baylor has, right? Of course not. So, but you're playing similar competition. Yes, you're playing parallel competition. I, I just think that with this defense, it relies on teams getting sped up, right? It relies on taking charges when they do get sped up. It relies on forcing dribble penetration where you want it, baseline and whatnot. So when they have the five, like Western Kentucky, when he caught on the per- perimeter and Zach was closing out him and he just went and went by him to the paint, like you can't really game plan for that because Zach isn't supposed to be like worried about that as much, mm-hmm. right? Um, and obviously he's not supposed to be like the rim protector he was last year in this defense, but still when you have five guys that can pass and shoot and penetrate, it just, it puts any defense in a tough position, but this defense, because it looks so good against regular offenses, when you play an offense that is different, it just, it doesn't look as good. So, it, right. and, it, and it, frankly, it looked bad against Rice. Rice was getting whatever they wanted. They were getting open threes time after time. They were getting some open layups that they missed. It was a pretty bad showing, giving up 84 points to Rice, and Rice was 1-8 and at the time. Obviously, we know Rice is a good offensive team because we've seen them before in person in Denton. So we knew they were capable, but we didn't expect them to lose to Rice. Right. So I guess it is just, I think, you know, this is kind of the Achilles heel, but it's a very specific Achilles heel to have. You have to have five shooters. You have to have five guys out there that can make plays, make plays off the dribble. And Rice, give to their credit, has some big guards too that were able to get either take advantage of switches or just straight up score over Mo, score over DJ. Like, it was tough to defend them. And nobody yeah. has ever played Rice and been like, oh, they're easy to defend, obviously. Right. So it's not only the defense, but it is... It is an Achilles heel, I guess, to this defense. It's like it's something that they're trying to to figure out and mend. But still, I'm not I'm not too worried. Again, that's why I'm still at a four after that game. Right, and like you said, it's very specific. I mean, they're probably the only team in conference you say that has yeah Rice and Western really. Right, but Western, I mean, like uh, Anderson always forget his first name. Yeah, he Josh can't Anderson. shoot. He can't shoot a three reliably. He was just hitting threes under ungodly amount against us. So. It, 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 like you said, it depends on the personnel that they have. It's not something that you can just game plan for every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, that was all. That was all I had on the defense. Uh, did you have anything else? I think, well, obviously, the last two games, the defense has been much, much improved, and because Middle and UAB didn't have those, those, um, that skill set specifically, UAB was kind of an interesting slashing team, like a physical team, yeah, more so. So. They kind of played into North Texas' strengths, even though they did have a good first half. Second half, North Texas locked in. And middle kind of just got hot and had those 12 straight points from Antonio Green, and it's like, it happens. So I wasn't really I wasn't really concerned with that at all. And um, defensively, I think we're still, I think we're still comfortable with where North Texas is at. I agree. Like, I think they're still a top two, top two, three, maybe number one defense conference USA. So... No concern there for me. 
rebounding, how big of a concern is that for you at this point? Rebounding is concerning because it's easy rebounds that they're not getting. It's not rebounds that I don't expect them mm-hmm. to get. So like uh, today against UEB, tons of times it's just not grabbing it with two hands or just popping it up. I mean, uh, against middle, uh, yeah. Thomas threw the ball back in the basket. I mean, lots of like hitting it out of bounds or, you know, it's it's stupid stuff that it's making it to where they're not getting rebounds. And it's that's kind of honestly concerning to me because you're allowing teams to get second chance points. It's not it's not like it's just a single single time. It's multiple times a game where you're like, that should have been a rebound by Dang or that should have been a rebound by Thomas. Um, even Zach sometimes. So it's it's kind of concerning to me, but at this point it's kind of what this team is is because you don't have another true center on your team. You have Maya mm-hmm. as your backup center basically. Yeah. Now I want to read off these three to you. So this were these were the offensive rebounds from North Texas three opponents this mm-hmm. past week, this past seven days. Rice had six offensive rebounds for seven second chance points. Not not bad. Middle Tennessee had sixteen offensive rebounds for seventeen second chance points. That was notable. Then UAB had eight offensive rebounds for seven second chance points. Yeah, it's it's not even necessarily the point. I mean, yes, because North Texas points are. I mean, defense is so good. A lot of those shots just don't go in. But it's having those shot opportunities in general. I mean, you're just giving them extra possessions. And uh, I mean, the middle game, sixteen offensive boards. Jeez, like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, and um, like like you said, the defense is so good where it might not result in points all the time. But when you play good teams and you're gonna play good teams and pod playing in the tournament just one or two of those opportunities has to go down and you're back to decide a game. You're down by five instead of two, or you're down mm-hmm. by two instead of a tie game. Like it's just, it's that, it's that little bit that gives the other team the edge. And so it it, it is a concern for me, but similar to the defense, I do feel like you have to have a kind of a specific team in a sense to take advantage of it. Middle Tennessee had some, some physical guards as well with their wings that were kind of athletic um, I feel like maybe like a Marshall team could, could take advantage of it. I think they did when when Marshall played North Texas. I don't remember, but um, but still, I feel like it's kind of a game to game basis. Well, it's game to game, but until you play the good talent that they're expected to play, then it's then it's a problem. True, true. So like, if they plan on going, I mean, if they get to the NCAA tournament, you're not going to be able to just yeah take take some rebounding plays off, I and mean, you're going to have to rebound the ball. Otherwise, those teams will make or punish you, especially. When you're whatever seed thirteen seed playing, you know a top twenty five team in the nation. Yeah. So, offensively, I think we can talk a lot about the offense. Yeah, because there's a lot to kind of unpack. Like I said, Rice was a three point shooting um, barrage. Uh, North Texas went sixteen of thirty three from three. North Texas against Middle only went seven of twenty two, but they still shot fifty two percent from the field. Again, that was kind of the JV on Hamlet twenty one points game. And then against UAB, North Texas went 9 of 20 from 3 and 56% from the field. So the offense is not a problem at all. They're shooting over 50% in all three of these last three games. It's not a problem, but I feel like there are ways it can be improved. It's not a problem, but I feel like it doesn't pass the eye test right now. Okay. So, like, there's no penetration, I feel like, lately. There are stretches of no penetration. Right, and it's just like... Dribble two feet inside the, inside the arc and then kick it out, swing it. Dribble two feet inside the arc, swing it. Give it to Zach. Zach's double team. Kick it out. <laughs> yes, I and we both understand that they they do want to work the ball. Yeah, so, yeah, so, of course. But 
when you have Javion on your team, let him take it. Like, don't wait until the last five minutes of a game for him to take it to the hoop. Yeah, Javion was passive against UAB until until the end. Um, and then Mo eventually put his head down against UAB right. and started I mean, we know, scoring. They have fouled. capable players of doing it. It's just doing it. I feel like. Yeah, and we we've always said we we think Reese is capable of doing it as well. We Dang is another player that we'd like to see finish a little bit more. He has opportunities, but he finished a bit more. Zach is obviously good in the post. I do think it's just going to come. This team is going to go as far as their points in the paint. Well, not I shouldn't say as far, but they can raise their ceiling if they continue to put pressure on defenses in the paint and get to the free throw line, right? I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. Against UAB, they shot 14 of 18 from the free throw line. I think they need to shoot over 16 free throws a game. Yeah. Like 16 or more free throws a game. Mm-hmm. And you can't have those games where I think it's Rice where they go 7 to 10 from the free throw line. You cannot have those games. You will lose half of those games you play in. It doesn't matter who you're playing. And that, that's a game, again, where they went 16 to 33 from three. So you need penetration. You need paint touches. You need Zach to be efficient in the post. You need those plays, and those plays generate good threes. So so against Rice, they had 33 shots from three. How many shots total did they have? 51. So 28. Right. No. Yeah. 18. I'm sorry. I'm bad at yeah. math. 18 you're, you're shots shooting, from inside the area. You're shooting 15 more from yeah. three than you are from inside. Yeah. Big no. No, it's, it is a problem. And again, Rice isn't a team that was like great defensively coming in. Like nobody no. expected Rice to like hold North Texas to even 75, which they scored. I expected North Texas to score over 75. But there's just, there are gaps when they play that there are stretches where they don't penetrate enough and they kind of settle. And I feel like it's that way for any any team, any basketball team, really, where you you fall in these lulls. Nobody expecting them to be perfect for forty minutes, of course. But the the lulls are notable with their results in, when they result in losses, especially against Rice, where it looked like they didn't get in the paint for the entire game. Right. Like you can't have entire games where you don't get in the paint. You can have stretches of five to six minutes where you don't get in the paint, maybe depending on a lineup. But those stretches should not become games. And that was worrying to me. Mm-hmm. They, they should be good enough to get out of those. And they did it against UAB to their credit. I think UAB, they got in the paint a good amount. Like Mo figuring out, I can, I, I can get a step on this guy. And he did. That was impressive. That was a step forward. That's yeah. what this team needed to see. Yep. So I think that's going to gonna be be the big thing for them. Also, I just real quickly, can we talk about how good this, this team is at shooting the ball? <laughs> it's such a... It, every three they put up, I'm like, yeah, it's going in. <laughs> I, the highlight of the day I know Thomas had the dunk great dunk the highlight of the day was definitely DJ poking the ball out Jalen Jackson diving on the floor swinging it up to DJ DJ gets the ball with a man like kind of coming trailing him so instead of going for the layup he dribbles out to the corner three and hits a corner three and I just said very NBA-esque Colin <laughs> I didn't say this to you I said this in my head Colin this team is the best three-point shooting team in Conference USA. Well, yeah. I don't think And that's, it's not even close. It's not close at all. Like, again, I told. I also told, I actually did tell you against UAB Hill, and let me pull up the, the stats. Against UAB, they went 9 of 20 compared to UAB, went 4 of 13. That's five more threes. That's 15 more points from the three-point line than UAB. At some point, I mean, that just, again, I said this coming into the year, if they hold teams to let's say 32% shooting from three and they shoot 39, 40% from three. 
You're giving yourself extra possessions. You're not beating this team on a consistent basis. You might beat them every now and then, but you're just not beating this team. If they play defense the way they can. Now, if they play the defense they played against Rice, then it's obviously whatever. But this this team is just shooting the hell out of the ball. And also, special for those who listened to our last few podcasts, we've been calling this James Reese explosion. Well, you have been. And lo and behold, boys and girls... It is here. I said there was going to be a off. stretch Read where he went 15 to 25. Now, I, I can't add this. I don't know if you want to add this. So, last one, two, three, four, six games. He's gone two of four, four of six, three of four, four of eight, three of six, three of five. That's too fast for me, but it's it's probably pretty close. Two, four, hold on. Nine, 13, 16, 19 makes. All right, remember 19 makes on... 33. He's 19 of 33 in his last six games. He's 19 of 33 in his last six games, Colin. 58%. He's shooting 58% in his last six games. And all you want to do is go 15 to 25? Is that what you said? 60%. That's 60%. That is 60%. 15 of 25. I said that. I said it was coming, boys. It's here. It's here. James Reese is here. 19 of 33. He's so, here. He's, he's, he's violently waving his arms in the he air. He is here. <laughs> it's time. I kept saying, we kept saying here on this podcast, if James Reese makes threes the way we know he can make threes, this team's going to be at a different level. He's 19 of 33. That's good. Man, it is great. I think I think uh, we saw on the broadcast that North Texas was like ninth in the nation for three point percentage. Yes. Yeah. Thirty nine point like six or something like that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Now obviously Mo has been up and down, but he still hasn't been bad. Like when you look at his games, like it's five of twelve, three of six, three of eight, three of eight, oh four, four of nine, two of nine, one of six. Like That's from three. Yeah. Like that's still well over forty percent. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. No. I love I love this team. I love this team's shooting ability. Obviously, because I love shooting the ball. I love three-point shooting. That's me. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the depth real quick. Okay. So, he's playing 10 guys a game. Obviously, the Maya minutes and the um, Jalen Jackson minutes are spare, are sparse. Mm-hmm. Both of them had three minutes against UAB. Against, I mean, they're always playing, but they're you know four four minutes against middle, and I have probably the same. Jalen had six minutes to, and Maya had three against uh, Rice. So I guess I don't know if you want to include them or not when we talk about the depth, but basically it's an eight man rotation. Rose is getting about ten minutes a game, typically. Yeah, ten, eleven, and eight. So it's really a seven man rotation, and then you sprinkle in those Rose minutes, you sprinkle in the Jalen and Maya minutes. How comfortable are you? Are you? with the bench at this moment the current bench fine but if they get a starting lineup injury then i'm i'm concerned mm-hmm. um, i think yeah any any injury would be concerning but like i mean even in, even on the current bench if there was an injury then it'd be concerning because then you have to give rose more minutes and who, know, who knows it would just go to rose really yeah assuming and, it's a guard obviously. and i don't know even know if i'd like that like i maybe Jalen would be better for that honestly it is it is um, good but no I'm, I'm good with the bench uh DJ is amazing. You said earlier, DJ doesn't know how good of a shooter he is. Yeah. Um, you could argue he doesn't know how good of a basketball player he is. That man, 
You could, I feel like he could do so much more. But and he again, he comes on the court and he dribble penetrated and kicked out and there was a foul or something like that. Like he he just comes in and something happens. Right. That's the best part. And I said before the season that he needs to be Patty Mills in terms of shots. And right now he's being Patty Mills in terms of activity. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Like he's he's gotten over that point where he's being passive. Because there's a difference between pa- being passive and taking what the defense gives you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's being passive. Although he can shoot more, he's not being passive. He's just taking what the defense gives right, he's him. He's taking good shots as opposed to taking shots, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So, I, again, he was terrific in 20 minutes um, against UAB. Oh, here's the best part. And we're going to get in the lineups. Is that the next thing we have up? Yeah, we'll, we'll jump to that, sure. But real quickly... When you go look at the box score of this game, I always tell you that I'm scared of the Jalen and Maya minutes. And maybe rightfully so. Maya was a minus three in three minutes. But the Thomas Bell and DJ Draper minutes, they're winning those minutes. <laughs> like, every time. They're, so, they're both great defenders. Like, okay. Thomas Bell... Played 27 minutes, was a plus 15. DJ Draper played 20 minutes and was a plus 13. <sighs> Next highest was Gibbs Moe at plus 11. Nobody else had, nobody else was like that high. But that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys come on the court and a lot of times they play together, right? Yeah. They they come in at like the 16 or 17 point mark in the first and, first and second halves. And th- again, just something happens. You know something's gonna happen. Thomas Bell's gonna throw it on a dunk. Thomas Bell's gonna get a, get a get a rebound or a block. DJ Draper's gonna hit a three. DJ Draper's gonna cr- create something or get a steal. Something's gonna happen. Whereas Mo will have those stretches where he kind of just is out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously he is asked to do a lot more than DJ is because of his skill set. But and it is a luxury to come be able to come off the bench and be like, all right, this is how I'm gonna attack. Right. Do the same thing every game. But still, it's just. It is refreshing, and it's a big, big deal for this team to be able to have DJ and Thomas just come in and bang, hit you over the head again when you all, you've you already played four minutes against the starters. So um, I'm looking at other plus minuses right now. It was, oh, man, Tom, Zach was so good against Middle Tennessee. He he got in foul trouble, I want to say. Yeah, three fouls. Um, but in 28 minutes, he was a plus 19, and he was terrific. Only 10 points, three assists, but... I want to shout out Zachary Simmons that game. He was very good. Okay. Okay. What do we have next? What does it say? Oh, penetration. You wanted to talk about penetration. Yeah, I feel like we already I, kind of talked about that. I wanted a to talk bit. about free throw line. Same, did, same. Did we talk about that? Same type of thing. We did talk about We that. talked about it. I don't, I don't know if you have anything else to add on that. Um. No, I think I think we talked about it. I think we talked about it good. Well. I guess. Well, good. I don't <laughs> All know. <right. laughs> okay. Got through that. All right, let's go to let's go to some some lineups. Okay. Um you brought up maybe you wanted to see Jalen Moore for Rose. Maybe you wanted to see, maybe people want to see Thomas start. Maybe no. people want to see uh uh I don't even know what else people could see. But I mean things are going so well that it's not if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's not, I guess, a popular thing to suggest lineup changes right now. No. But if you had to make one, and I'm not, I'm not saying like a starter for a bench player. I'm saying like just someone get more minutes, maybe someone get less minutes. If you had to pick one, what would it be? Mm. That is tough, right? That I is actually really tough. This. Actually, I know mine. Because I feel like everyone that can play plays. 
But I guess the easy one would be take take a little bit from Dang, give it to Thomas. But I'd still start Dang. Yeah. Thing is, Dang's not playing. Dang's playing about what twenty minutes a game, roughly, and Thomas is playing like twenty five. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what it. That's what it feels like. Here's here's mine, and I know we 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 get on this guy a lot, so I don't I don't want to continue to get on him. But can we just? is mean just say it can we just get rid of those three maya minutes and <laughs> and just just put thomas at the five or or dang or like i guess th- that was probably the easiest one but i didn't know if that was even possible because of the foul trouble that sometimes comes okay yes foul trouble barring foul trouble oh, which, okay then which, no, again, no, I, t- I take away maya's minutes nobody was in foul trouble against against uab he just played those, about? he just played those three minutes zach was in foul trouble oh okay i'm sorry besides zach i was looking at the wrong thing i'm looking at the rice game it's my fault. Against Rice, nobody was in foul trouble. Yes, Zach was in foul trouble. You're Zach right. fouled, he fouled out. out. He fouled out. But still, my only played three minutes. Yeah, but, well, because they took Zach out when he got the fifth foul on the elbows. Yeah. Well, he got it. No, that, that wasn't the fifth. Or the fourth foul. Yeah. And then he came back with like three minutes left. In the I'm game. just saying, um, and again, Maya's, Maya's fine in situations. Very few situations. But being a... I don't know. I, I he's on the court and I um he just struggles. He fouls a good amount because he's not. It's not even his fault. He can't because he's not big enough to like contest. So he tries taking a charge or swiping. So he picks up fouls that way. Um, obviously offensively we know his limitations. He can't rebound as really. a as a role man rebounder and whatnot or shooting. I I would just and I think that will happen once we get to the tournament. Like once we play meaningful games, Maya and Jalen, maybe Jalen will sneak some minutes in there. Jalen, I think will because when he's out there, just de- defense, defense, it it give whoever a rest. Yeah, J- for those Javion. like, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna plan on playing Javion like like Ryan in in the tournament, then yeah, that's another thing, man. They've spaced out these minutes really, really well. Yeah, I feel like no one is overworked. Do you want me? Re- you want me to read these minutes off? Yeah, yeah. So who has the most? Just read off who has the most. Well, I'm not doing it by game. I'm just reading off UABs. That's fine. UABs, uh, Reese and Mo had thirty apiece. Javion had twenty nine. Um, Thomas and Thomas and Dang had 27. Zach had 24. Obviously, he fouled out. And DJ had 20. So again, it's a seven-man that's, rotation. That's very. Uh, and then Russ that's actually eight. really good. And I would have expected a little bit more from Javion. Yeah. No. I mean, that's tw- crazy. 29 minutes. Dang, so they're like keeping everyone nice and rested. That's what I'm saying. That's why those Jalen minutes are important as well. Yeah. So. So that's that's. I mean, yeah. That's all I had for for that um, for the lineups. All right, something or nothing. Let's get it. Okay, something or nothing. Javion waiting until the last ten minutes of a game to show up. That's not that. That's not sh- hard. Show up's the wrong word. <laughs> Take over. Take over. Yeah, that's it. I think it's definitely nothing. You think it's nothing? It's nothing because it's probably the right thing to do. Like, what do you what do you want him to? Do? You want him to? Put up twenty five a game? No, 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 no! I just want to see like a shot attempt at the rim. He had three points until like the last ten minutes. You're right. Last six minutes, he scored ten points in the last six and a half. Minutes. Oh, okay. So yeah, I just want to see. I mean, I don't need him to be like doing some crazy stuff like no one's scoring, but you know, get a driving layup. Make make him stay honest. Don't make him just blitz you on the screen and then you swing it and you still don't get a dribble penetration. I understand what you're saying, but I still don't. I still think that his kind of mindset is to help everybody else. Of course, which, and that's like I'm fine with right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it, but if it 
if it can, if they continue to struggle offensively and they're leaving UAB in a game or middle in a game, do it earlier instead of later. I get what, I get what you're saying. I think against good teams, he will have to be aggressive for more of the 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. But in games like these, where I think Zach had a uh, any game Zach has a mismatch and not a mismatch, but he has a favorable matchup in the post. I think that's going to be point point A for this offense. Okay, and. I know Javion doesn't like to. I don't know how to word it, but he doesn't like to force the issue when there's right, a he likes clear to keep everyone involved. When there's a clear advantage, I feel if they feel like they have. Yeah. So, no, I, I, under, I, I understand it. I just want him to stay aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. I I can't explain that anymore. <laughs> okay. Something or nothing. Rose being a minus six, a team worst minus six in eight minutes, despite hitting a three. That's definitely, well, nothing because I expect it. So there you go. Wow. Why do you expect it, Glenn? Let's go expand. Ro- you know, Rose is just Rose, you know? like. See, but he, yeah, we, we thought he was taking some steps forward, right? We thought he was taking some steps forwards, but <laughs> he got a steal, wasn't able to get it, pass it away. I mean, he just it, he just does Rose things. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you everyone who watches the games know what I mean. Like... He hits a three. He's hit like 13 threes in the year, I think we counted something or something like, like that. that. Celebrates like it's like his 50th one in a game sometimes. It's like Rose. I, I love Rose, but he's not the Rose of old. If yeah, he, nobody, if, if nobody he played five that. minutes a game and you got spread to everyone else, I wouldn't care. If he didn't play, I wouldn't care. Um, And his threes just, I don't expect him to go when he shoots them. So. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. Let me see. Where, where are we at? Where are we at? He is now twelve of thirty-seven from threes from three on the year at thirty-two percent. Um, in two hundred fifty-three minutes on the court, he plays twelve point seven minutes per game. It is a uh, like you. Like, I think I said before that a big part of him being on the court is his defense, and I think that has proven that. I think it was. It's been proven that he's still the worst defender in the rotation. And At I his position, I don't, I don't, I don't. Maya. Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Worst guard yeah. slash wing. I mean, if you put Maya out on the perimeter to defend, he'd be better. But okay. Yeah. But worst worst guard slash wing defender in the rotation. I think that's not even close because yeah, Mo, Reese, Javion, um, Jalen, DJ. Yeah. So. So it's still tough for me to to defend him, especially when I don't. Whenever he shoots the ball, I don't expect it to go in. And that's a big thing for anybody, teammates included, coaches included. Right. Like, like I feel like, exa- exactly, you say teammates. Like, I feel like he doesn't get the ball a lot in a corner or something because of stuff like that. And obviously, it, it is tough because when you're on the court and you see him in the corner, you're going to pass him the ball. Like, you're just going to make the right basketball play. But it's when the shot goes up, it's like, it's different than when DJ or Mo shoot the ball, you know? Right. The, those are going in. But even just an average shooter, like like when Rose misses, it like misses, misses. Like it doesn't just like pop in and out. It's either a swish or it just completely bricks. Yeah. So I I, I do think he's fine as the eighth man. I don't have. I a mean, problem. yeah. I don't. I, I don't. It, have it's a, what you have. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I don't think he's that much of a detriment to the team. Of course, we would love we would love it if you know, let's say Larry was more more um, playable. Yeah, playable or if 
anybody kind of or maybe if Ruben, you know, Ruben was was here in a couple years, you know, if he was developed. There there are opportunities for this team to improve and those eight to ten minutes when Rose is on the court aren't bad minutes. Especially if he hits a three. If he hits a three, I'm cool with it. Like mm-hmm. he just needs to be able to like make open shots. Make open shots, play defense. That's your role. That's his role. He knows his role. But it's kind of tough at this point. I don't know if he's he's not a good defender still. He might maybe adequate, but he's not good. Right. And then he's shooting thirty two percent from three and he's hit twelve all year. So No, I, I think at that's this point just he's facts. just he's just giving people rest. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Of course, because you can't play everybody. And it's good, it's worked. Yeah, it's worked. He's, I mean, he's helped. Like, like he's not he's not making this team lose games no, by any stretch of the imagination. He's helped. Yeah, he's, he's definitely helped. It's just, them. but I say it's nothing because it's just he's not the rose of old, and he's not going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Do you have another one? Um, something or nothing. Dang, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say something. I'm going to say something because Dang is a player that has kind of been figured out by a lot of defenses mm-hmm. and has been looks look looks to me a little worn down in a sense just from a, from other teams being physical with him having to play, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game constantly you know bruising on the inside because coming into the year we all expected him he expected to be more of a perimeter player he expect he told me coming into the year he was like you know i'm having to adjust being more on the perimeter you know whereas at north dakota state he was more of an interior player so that drastic shift alone has probably worn him down a little bit more than what he expected what the coaching staff expected so i i do i definitely think it is something that he's um, been been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. His rebounding hasn't been as sharp. His uh, finishing hasn't been as sharp. His post ups haven't been as sharp. But with all that being said, I still trust him late in the game to make a play. Agreed. His experience, his athleticism, his knowledge of what they're doing um, on both ends of the court. I I trust him to make a play, and he did make a play against UAB. He had the offensive rebound. And he made a couple other plays. Um, to help them win the game. So I, I, I'm not afraid of him, but I will say that he has struggled more than, um, than what anybody I guess expected mm-hmm. coming into conference play. And he was good at the start of conference play too. It's just kind of I feel like it's worn him down in a sense, right? And like, damn, every game I have to go in there and try to score over six, ten guys. I have to go to try to dunk on people. I have to go try to battle out rebounds, which he knew he was gonna do. But still, there's no, there's no breaks where you can pick and pop and be like all right this is going to be a casual open three you know don't have to post up a guy bang him three times and then turn around and try a hook shot it's just it's just different so right so yeah that's 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 what i think on dang what about you uh i'm i'm gonna say something again for the same reasons you said and also his his shooting i thought that maybe we'd see like a three attempt some point and it just hasn't come and i guess that's just what we're kind of expecting the rest of the season yeah, he tried one against middle. I thought he was going in. Again, his misses aren't bad, so I still think if he had confidence, I think it's too late for confidence at this point. Right. But I mean, you're how are Negan's in the season? Yeah, there's Lots. like, yeah. If you think about it, there's there may be only six, Eight, seven six games, games left games, yeah. of the season. So, yeah, it's kind of reached that point where no, you are what you are. So yeah, that's that's that. Um, let's see. 
see if there's anything else here. You can go ahead and spit one if you have one. I don't know. That I'm was just it. looking over to make sure we didn't miss anybody. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think we're good. All right. Let's go to tournament hopes. We do have a question for tournament a hopes. A tournament hopes question? Yes. Wow. From our friend. Oh. Do we say his name? You can say his name. Oh, okay. Shout out the uh, the coach, the the coach Brady Keen, the leader, the leader of winners basketball. Okay, um, and also a huge North Texas fan. So shout out to him. He said, "If UNC ran the table in the regular season and won one game in the conference tournament, do they get any shot at a at large bid as any team that would be around you know twenty five and eight, twenty five and nine? Uh, with that, with that kind of non-conference schedule, would, or does it say the same old with conference USA at large teams? Zero chance they get a bid if they ran the table, and they lost in even the conference. Let's say the conference tournament, that would put them at roughly at six onto what do they have right now? Sixteen, and then add two. Right, two. Yeah, add two. So eighteen. That put them at eighteen and ten, I believe. That might be wrong. That feels wrong, that's right? That's wrong. Are you sure that's wrong? Because they're sixteen and sixteen and nine right now. Yeah, they're sixteen and nine right now. There's six games left in conference. So if they won all six of those, yeah, that'd be twenty two. Hold on. That'd be twenty two and nine and nine. Then you win two more and lose in the conference tournament, that'd be twenty four and ten. Yeah, no. I don't know what it. I said, but I don't know what you said either, but no, they wouldn't get it. Yeah. We saw this we saw this a couple of years ago. Western not Western Middle, middle lost. And After being borderline ranked top 25 for the entire year. Yeah, and they didn't get it. And then Western lost in the yeah finals and didn't get in. Yeah. So, no, I don't think either team. No, there's not a chance. There's nobody in here that, that will no. make it. I, I, until, until Conference USA isn't just top two teams good, until they're consistently good. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying this. If North Texas won a chance at at-large at large bid, you have to win multiple of these games Rhode Island Utah State Oklahoma Eastern Michigan VCU that's five games you have to win at least three, three. of those yeah no I completely agree because then you know you can you can you can say that you lose can play to that Arkansas you can right. lose you can to say Oklahoma you can play you can lose to Dayton but after that no you gotta win everything else yep like like go look at the Big East with like and what they're doing over there, I think it's the Big East with uh, St. Louis and um, Marquette, Dayton. Uh, I don't think Dayton's in the, in the... But regardless, there's there's a lot of non-Power 5 teams that are like legitimately really good. Seton Hall, you go down the right. list, like Marquette. St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's. I mean, Gonzaga, obviously we know. But no, no, no. Zero chance. Zero. Absolutely zero. Now, if they do make the tournament, we've been seeing a lot of people get hyped really excited about Andy Katz and uh and uh whoever else's latest predictions of the tournament and right the now they're a 13 seed playing Michigan State. Yes, they're or playing I think I saw one playing Auburn. I think I saw <laughs> uh I don't remember what the other one was. That's tough. But anyways, um they're going to play a very good team if they make the tournament. Well, this is still complete yeah, I mean they 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 were in tournament brackets a year ago. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a long ways to go before any of that can happen, but in theory, 
if they can sneak a 12 seed, I'll feel a whole lot better than 13 seed. A whole lot. The difference yes. between go look at the what is it? I believe it's 17 to 20 ranked compared to the compared to the 13 through 16. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference, and it's it it is substantial. It is substantial. So yeah, instead of playing Auburn, you maybe could sneak like a you know, like a Houston. Time. Yeah, like a Houston or something like that. Like. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see, but um, it'll take a lot of work. They'll have to win these last six games, and they'd have to win the tournament, and then they'll get a 12 seed, I think. Yes, but I think they. And you know how nice it would have been if they would beat like Rhode Island or if they would have beat VCU or any of those games. Yeah, I don't know. Not lost Eastern Michigan. <laughs> That's uh, how was Eastern Michigan even doing? I'll have to not, look that up. I don't after. think they're doing as good as they were. Oh, okay. They were good, but they were not. Um, but yeah, no, no chance at the at-large bid. They can get an IT if they win the conference, but which I will equally be not equally. I will be also be excited for. I'd be very excited. People sleep on the NIT. The NIT is a legit basketball tournament. This is not a CBI. This is like yes, the team. Not- this is like an extension of the of the NCA. Wait, so you're not playing like Montana and uh, Mercer in the NIT? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. That- oh, I'm telling you're playing St. Mary's. That exists. It it exists. Oh my God. Yeah, no. Uh, seeing one of those banners I, hung up would be so much more satisfying. Yeah, for in, for example, I saw VCU as one of the first four out in the NCAA tournament in one of those predictions. So VCU would make like that level of teams, right? Like that—that's that, the type of teams we're talking about here. Like maybe like a like I think Texas was on the bubble as well. Like a Texas, we would destroy Texas, Oklahoma. I don't know if Oklahoma is going to make. I think Oklahoma is going to make it, but you know what I mean. Th- that level of teams consistent right. they're, they're actual that would be fun they're actual teams and those, those are another fun thing is North Texas if they play well can beat those teams right they're winnable games like it's that not, would be so much you're not, fun you're not considerable, considered like the biggest underdog exactly you're not like a 20 point underdog going into the game you're like a 5 point underdog right you're like no they can win this game yeah that would be so much fun like I, I obviously everyone wants them to make the NCAA tournament but like if they make the NIT and get paired with I don't even know can like, I, is, will SMU make the tournament? I don't think so. SMU's Imagine not SMU North Texas first round NIT at SMU. Let's do it. Okay, let's. Collins, Collins, I'm ready. Just woke up from a nap. He's all just, I know is that all I know is that a few years ago Western I think got into the final four yeah, of the NIT. They did. they did. And like for me, or was it middle? Once? No, that was Western. Okay. Um, for me that would make me super <laughs> excited. Like to get to get to the final. Okay. What would you rather have? Final four of NIT final four. or losing the first final round four. of the NCAA? Final four. Win one game in the NCAA or get to the final one game, four. One game. One game in the NCAA. <laughs> one game in the NCAA. <laughs> okay. God, you, can't, you cannot supplant. You can't replace that. All right. Could all you right. imagine the finals of the NIT or, one, or game? one game? Win the NIT or one game. I'd rather win the NIT, obviously, but. No, no, no. Just get to the finals. Get to the finals. Winning, winning, winning is dependent on whatever you think could happen. I probably get to the NIT, NIT finals because that's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's, we're going to Madison Square Garden. Colin. That's like a legit. Yeah, we're going to New York. Book the plane ticket. All right, sorry, I get too excited. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this this all could come tumbling down. This all could, and yeah, I mean, I think that we all need to keep that in perspective. Um, because that Western team that made it to the to the final four of the NIT, the middle team didn't even get invited. Yeah. So don't lose but in the still, first round of the conference tournament. But still. The season is no fun if we can't fantasize. That's true. So hell, we're gonna fantasize, damn it! You know it's kind of weird. There's only a month left. Yeah, I think I think I saw we're under a month away from Selection Sunday. <laughs> That's so weird. 
That's crazy. Well, the tournament is the conference tournament is March tenth through fourteenth. I'm going to say fourth through something. I thought it was thirteenth through sixteenth. I thought it was. I saw a billboard driving over here. Said something. I don't know. I d- we'll see. Regardless. Okay, so it's probably more than a month actually, then, because it's February eighth. So whatever. Anyways, all right. Let's finish it up with Charlotte and Old Dominion. Um, both are at home. Both are pretty good. Charlotte's better than Old Dominion. Charlotte has um, a good amount of talent. Charlotte and Old Dominion are probably two of the three teams that I know the least about in Conference USA. Yep. Charlotte, Old Dominion, and uh, Middle are the three that I know the least about. So, yeah. <laughs> um, if we expect Charlotte to be as good as their results have been, and their results have been up and down, they haven't mm-hmm. been this dominant team, but they still have beaten a lot yeah, of They started teams. the conference 4 now, I believe. Right? Yeah, and I think they just beat... Here, why don't I pull up the results and stop guessing? I can actually tell you. But Charlotte just beat UTSA by 7, 91-84. Let me read off a couple of their past results. They Charlotte beat UTSA by 7, beat UTEP by 4, lost to Southern Miss in overtime. So obviously a bad loss. Lost to La Tech by 13, beat FIU by 26, beat FAU by 2, and lost to ODU by 4, and then lost to Western by by um, 17. So anyways, Charlotte is now sitting at 8-4 eight and, f- eight and four in conference play. Again, they got that hot start, like you said. Um, yeah, they're currently 5th in conference play. So The pod 1 looks pretty set right now. UNT, Western, La Tech, FIU, and Charlotte are all at least two games above FAU who's six and six. So, so how how you feel going into that Charlotte game? Are you more or less confident than these road games? More confident because they play really good at home. I mean, they dominate at home. We saw against UTSA. UTSA is one of those teams that has shooters everywhere around. Yes, they hit some really tough shots, but their defense was great against both those teams, UTEP and UTSA. So I would say two and zero. I agree. I I do think that. It is tough for Conference USA teams to win on the road. Like, really, really hard. And obviously, it's tough for any team in any level, at any level of basketball to win on the road. But specifically, I feel like Conference USA teams, like, treat home court advantage as a... any college basketball, when you're dealing with kids and, like, you know, 20-year-olds... Right, going through your routines. Yeah, going through different routines and everything. You get thrown off by a lot, and it's just a different feeling. Um, Old Dominion sits at 5-6 and in Conference USA... Most recently, uh, they played tonight at six against UTEP, so that'll be a good one. But they they lost to UTSA in overtime, where I think was that when Javon Jackson scored forty five. That is right, yeah, that yeah. Is. And then ODU came back and yeah, forced <laughs> overtime because they were down twenty, and then they came back and forced overtime. Uh, then they lost to La Tech by three, and before that they beat Southern by ten, beat FAU by ten, lost to FIU by three, and lost to or no beat Charlotte by four. So, kind of one of those teams that I expect to be like Old Dominion in a sense, or I'm sorry, like uh, UAB in a sense, and like FAU in a sense. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I think they're a balanced team. Uh, I know that obviously they're going to be very different from last year. They do have a couple players that I remember that I'm not going to remember their names off the top of my head, but. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be solid. They're gonna have to play well in both these games, right? Win. Of course, and I expect them to. Yeah. So, I think that's more important than anything is that we expect them to play well. So, okay. Um, real quickly, I want to throw these in. Um, they're they're little football tidbits. 
Um, Rico announced his transfer. He's entering the transfer portal. Obviously, this isn't a football podcast, but I'm, we're not doing a whole football podcast on these little tidbits. Rico uh, announced his transfer portal. Both the, you and I are not surprised at all. Yeah. Uh, Texas, I believe that their offensive coordinator followed him on Twitter. Uh-oh. I support that 100%. Texas fan. Let's go, Rico. Um, I think he's going to be really good wherever he goes. Yeah. I really do. Rico I'm excited for him. Ability. He's so good. I mean, he was ranked top 15 coming into the year. Yeah. As receivers. Um, Ladarius got an invite to the Combine. Were Shout you surprised? Out. No. Jeff got an invite. Yeah. Were you surprised that Mason did not? No. Mason has had the biggest probably stock fall off I've seen of any player. As far as perception goes? Right. Yeah. He went from being, quote unquote, six for Heisman to nothing. That was kind much. of self-proclaimed by the athletic Right. Department. It's self-proclaimed, but there's hype. I think more than anything, he was went from being ranked to a top 10 quarterback in the country to... Now he's a five nine. Not, not being one. <laughs> well, well, like the like the yeah. Shrine Bowl, he, he has shrunk to five nine and three fourths. No, was it five nine? Was it really? Yeah, it was five nine and three fourths. And and he played a couple of times in a in a Shrine Bowl, and then the touchdown he had, the announcers were like, "That should have been an interception." <laughs> they did. So like that. nothing. They can't even give him the benefit of the doubt. Right. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So like nothing has has gone right so far for him. Hopefully he gets a camp invite. He probably will. Oh, he will. But. Oh, he will. But you know we might be seeing him in the XFL. Oh, yes. And I wouldn't be a if, he's, if Brandon <laughs> Silvers is in the XFL. Mason Fine can be XFL MVP. You're not joking. I'm not joking. 100 here for it. <laughs> Dallas Renegades, we're here for you. All right. And with that, boys and girls, we are done here. Thank you all for joining us. If um, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and Apple at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Green 247 at Colin at CJH Mitchell, myself at Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, what else do we usually plug here? So we got the counts. Oh, yes. Become a VIP subscriber. I believe you get the first seven days free. Uh, you get the first month for free still. I believe that's still in place. I think you get 60% off annual still. Boom. All these offers. Do what you got to do. I'm going to be posting a lot of... Is uh, the dollar thing still available to you? For a month. Oh. Yeah, for a month. Um, And I'm going to be posting a lot of uh, kind of uh, reviewing of the 2020 class. I've already posted one that people enjoyed about the potential so that type of stuff that was vip so yeah check all that out um and yes for colin mitchell i'm matthew bruni you all have a great week and we'll talk to y'all later